Welcome to the Experience Church Podcast. You're about to hear another inspirational message from Pastor Kyle Brownlee. It's our prayer that this message is not only an encouragement, but a blessing to your life. Well, I want to welcome everybody today as we gather together in God's house. I'm excited about the message and the word, but before we jump into it. I also want to look into the camera and say a big hello to all those joining us online, along with the men and women in our correctional ministry. And we just, we love you. We believe in you. We're cheering you on. We're praying for you. Come on, Defiance. Help me welcome our church family today. Come on, let them know they're not alone. So good. Well, we are coming to the end of a series we've been doing called Sizzling Summer. And uh, if, if we're coming to the end of Sizzling Summer, that means summer is coming to an end. How many of us are excited for summer to, to come to an end? Any of us? All right, go ahead and head on out. You are gone. Go find another church. No, I'm just teasing. Uh, how many of us don't want summer to end? That's me. That is me all day. And But I am excited for football. Come on, somebody. And so God's still with us. It's good, but... As we, as we kind of close up shop on a sizzling summer, which really is just what we've been doing in this series, is just talking about different topics to hopefully not only make our summers better, but our lives better too. And I'm going to start things off by taking a look at a passage of scripture that's really been on my heart all week. And uh, it's found in Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16. And here the prophet Jeremiah is speaking on God's behalf to God's people, and he says this in verse 16. He says, stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where is the good way, where is the way? And then walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. The ancient path. In other words, there were some, some things that those who have gone before us used to do that, that maybe we've gotten away from for whatever reason. Maybe we've lost sight of how, how important it is. Maybe we've just drifted away, but for whatever reason, maybe we've lost sight of some things that they used to do, and it's time to get back to doing what used to be done. For instance, as as followers of Jesus, as Christians, as believers that we would be intentional about, that we would be striving towards developing and living a lifestyle of worship. Everybody say worship. Because how many of us know that worship is not just singing, true worship is living. That we don't want just worship to be something that we do on Sundays. Worship isn't just songs that we sing. It's a life that we live. In fact, worship really isn't about music. Worship is about our hearts. And I just feel like God is, is kind of putting his finger uh, on some things in his church and saying, hey, I want you to get back to some things that maybe you've lost sight of. Or I want you to get back to realizing how important and how powerful this is in your life. Let's get back to the ancient path. Let's get back. I'm coming. Anybody know that song? I'm coming back to the heart of worship. Let me get back to that place, God, where it wasn't about the lights or the LED wall or anything else. It was about your presence, that I came in and I'm desperate for you to move in my life. I'm hungry and I'm thirsty for heaven, God. I'm here. Let me get back to that place. I'm coming back to the heart of worship where it's all about you, Jesus. It's, it's all about you. I kind of want to just build off of that thought today. And let's take a look at what the Bible says about praise and worship. Found that the psalmist put it beautifully in Psalm 34, verses 1 through 3. He said, he said this, he said, I will. Everybody say, I will. I will. I love this declaration of how we're going to live. That I will bless the Lord at all times. How many of us know that we don't just worship God when everything is going our way? We don't worship God when we're getting everything that we want, that we worship God at all 
times. This is key. This is crucial to coming back to the heart of worship where it's all about Jesus, where we have predetermined, where we have predecided, I will, come hell or high water, I will. When everything's going right, I will. When everything's going wrong, I will. I will bless the Lord at all times, in every season of my life. This is key. He goes on to say, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Other versions say, his praise shall continually be on my lips. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. In other words, in order for us to have the joy of the Lord in our hearts. You guys know that worship song? I got that joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart, I got the joy. Okay, I'm not going there. But in order for that to happen, uh, I just think that we need to boast about the Lord instead of ourselves. That if we're always bragging about ourselves, our souls are going to be empty. But if we're bragging about the one who is worthy of all praise, I mean, we're going to have a satisfied soul and we're going to have a joy in our hearts. The truth is there's nothing in me that's worth bragging about, but there's everything in God. There's everything in him to, to brag about. And he goes on to say the humble, talking about Michigan fans. Come on, somebody, because they're, they're humbled every year in football. A any Buckeye fans in the house? Come on. OH! It's about that time. We just, we're not spiritual at all right now. Just joking. I'm just teasing. The humble, the humble, which this word literally means to, to, to yield to God, to, to bow a knee. How many of us know this is the heart of worship, that, that I'm choosing to bow a knee before heaven? I'm choosing to yield to God. The humble, the humble shall hear of it, of what a praise and worship, and there's a joy, there's a gladness in their hearts because they realize the name above every single name is being exalted and goes on to say, oh, sometimes you got to read the Bible like that, right? It's not just oh or oh. It's oh, it's from the depths. Magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Let us, come on experience church, let us exalt his name together because there's not just power in your praise, there's power in our praise. It's not just let you exalt, let us as followers of Jesus, let us as his church, let us as Christians, as believers, let us exalt his name together. How I many there's power in our worship? And as we come into this place, what I love about gathering together in God's house is, is I can put a little faith in. Maybe I just have a little faith today. I'm going to put a little faith in. Maybe you have a little faith that you can put in. Maybe you can have a little, you have a little faith. You put that in. Maybe you don't have any faith and you just came to be here. But as we put faith together, how many of there going to be a lot of faith in this place? And I think as we put our faith together, man, God is in that place. And those of us who are struggling or we're discouraged, we can come into this place and we can join our faith together and encounter God's presence. You know, that, that word exalt in that passage of scripture literally means to raise up and to lift above, which means we're going to lift God above everything else in our lives. That's how we exalt his name, that he's above our feelings. He's above our situations. He, he, he's above our struggles. He, he's above our problems, that his name is above everything. And as we talk about kind of getting back to the heart of worship, as we talk about developing and living a lifestyle of worship, uh, one of the ways that we can do this, one of the ways that, that we can really determine, I will, I will praise the Lord at all times. This is key to, a, to living a lifestyle of worship because how many of us know it's easy to praise God when everything's going right? It's easy to worship him when, when I'm winning at everything that I'm doing. But I want to talk to us today that, that we would determine that I will praise God at all times. And the title of the message today is Praising Through Our Pain. Praising Through Our Pain. How many of us know that even though we are followers of Jesus, that doesn't mean we don't still go through things? The Bible actually says the rain falls on the just 
and the unjust. In other words, life happens and it brings with it problems and pain. Pastor, I mean, it's summer. This is the last week of sizzling. Can't you be a little bit more positive than that? Absolutely. I'm positive life brings with it problems and pain, doesn't it? That's why the Bible says that the rain falls on the just and the unjust. And life happens to every single one of us. And, and, and the problem with living on this side of heaven is that we face problems. We, we, we face difficulties and diseases and sickness and sorrow and, and tragedy. And we're going to have to learn. We're going to have to learn how to praise through, through our pain. Because pain's going to happen. Problems will arise in our lives. We're going to get hurt. We're going to face tragedy. We're going to experience emotional wounds, but we're going to have to learn how we can worship through our pain. And this is hard for every single one of us because if you're anything like me, when when pain hits my life, I want to see how quickly can I get rid of it? Anybody else? Like, what do I got to do to get rid of this pain? How fast can I? Do I need to take some ibuprofen? Well, what needs to happen to get rid of this? I feel uncomfortable. I hurt. I, I have pain. But, but we're going to have to learn in life as followers of Jesus how to worship God even when we're going through hard times. I'm going through it. I'm going through it. I'm going through it. God never promised us no issues. God never promised us no trials, but he did promise that he would be with us through them all. He did promise that he would give us the strength to go through those things and come out the other side better than before with a greater faith, with a stronger relationship with him, with a greater awareness of who he is. How many of us know that even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I don't have to fear any evil because you are with me, Lord. We love, that, we love that verse, right? We love that psalm. But the truth is there's a level and encounter of God's presence that you can only experience in the valley of the shadow of death. And nobody wants to go there, but there's a level of, of, of intimacy with God. Like, I, I didn't want to be here, but in this valley, in this, in this depression, in this discouragement, in this death, I encountered God's presence at a level I had never experienced it before. Because that, that experience brought me to my knees in a way I had never been before. I was, I was pretty self-reliant before. I was pretty self-dependent. But all of a sudden, now I'm depending on God in a way I never did before. And God met me in that place. And to kind of unpack this thought a little bit more of talking about just, I'm just determined that I will praise the Lord no matter what. I'm going to praise through my pain. There's a great example of this in scripture with a guy by the name of Job. I don't know about you, but before, but when I became a Christian, uh, the book in the Old Testament that's dedicated Job's uh, story, I thought it was Job the whole time. Anybody else? I thought, could have sworn that I'm going to read Job today. I don't know what. I feel like I can relate to this, but apparently his name is Job. And uh, the Bible tells us that way he was incredibly blessed by God, that, that he had, God had blessed him with 10 children, seven boys, Three little girls, shout out to his wife. Come on, for giving birth to 10 kids. Wow, incredible. Blessed by God, right? The Bible tells us that he had 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 cows, and 500 donkeys. In other words, Job was a multimillionaire back in the day. The Bible even tells us that he was the greatest man in the East. I have no idea that Job was from the east side of the LBC. Come on, somebody. Shout out Warren G. Any regulators in the house? Come on, regulators. Let's mount up. All right, let's get back to the word. But the Bible tells us, you can read it. He's the greatest man in the east. I'm just telling you, east side. Is there a, I don't know. We won't go that route. But the Bible tells us that one day the, the, the angels some angels approach God in heaven, and for whatever reason, Satan is with them. The devil is with them. I would need to talk to these angels about who they're hanging out with, but whatever the case, they come before God, and, and God says, what, what have you, you guys been doing? And they say, well, we've been, we've been going to and from throughout the earth. Now, maybe for some of us, that, that 
reminds us of, of a scripture where the Bible tells us that, that the eyes of the Lord are going to and from throughout the earth, seeking a heart that's completely his. And so God looks at them and says, well, have you considered my, my servant Job? Job is blameless. Job is righteous. Job is a good man. Job is my guy. At that point in the story, Satan pipes up and says, yeah, well, the only reason why Job is a blameless man, a good man, a righteous man, is because you've blessed him, God. You've protected him, and you've made his life easy, and he's never experienced any pain. He's never had any problems in his life. And Satan goes on to say, let's see what he does when he faces problems and pain. Will he still be full of praise? And Satan says, is is he still going to be the same guy when his life gets hit with pain? So God says, I have confidence in Job's character. And so you can destroy his possessions, but you cannot destroy the person which is a great reminder for us that God might allow us to to go through some things, but he'll never allow us to be destroyed by anything. But the story goes that in one day, one day, Job's life gets rocked. He loses resources. He loses loved ones. He, he He loses his reputation. He loses his health. All hell broke loose in Job's life in just one day. Have you ever noticed that all of us are just one phone call away from our knees? That we're all just one bad day, one bad report away from everything changing in our lives. I want to take a look at how Job responds when he gets the bad report and the pain is happening in his life. Let's take a look at Job chapter 1, verses 20 through 22. It says, at this, at this bad report, at this news, at this suffering, at this pain, and these problems that he's going through, Job got up and he tore his robe, shaved his head, and then fell to the ground in what? In, in worship. And he said, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart And the Lord gave, the Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. He's lost everything. He's lost his his resources, his wealth. Job is not a multimillionaire anymore. He's lost family. He's lost his reputation. He's lost his health. He's struggled, everything. And yet his, his response is, may the name of the Lord be praised. I'm convinced that Job had predetermined, I will, I will bless the name of the Lord at all times. Because I don't know about you, there's no way you can lose family members. There's no way that you can lose friends. There's no way that you can lose resources. There's no way you can go through all of that and still come out and say, I will praise the Lord. Unless you have predetermined in your heart, doesn't matter what I go through, at all times I will praise the Lord. Verse 22 tells us that in all this, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. Powerful example of of a lifestyle praise. Powerful example of living a life of worship. And instead of getting angry or, or bitter and resentful towards God, Job chose praise. The reason why this is so powerful us to us uh, today is because we've all gone through things where we can get bitter at God. We can be offended at God. We can question God, haven't we? I mean, we could spend the rest of our time putting out things, the hardships and trials and painful things that we've been through where it could cause us to question God. But yet here's the example from the truth of God's word of a man who had predetermined, I will. In every season, in every circumstance, I didn't bring anything into this world, and I'm not taking anything out. I'm praising your name. I love this. And so what I want to do today for the rest of our time together is I want to give us 35 things. (laughs) I'm teasing. I want to give us five things about praising through our pain. If you're taking notes, the the first thing I want us to know is, number one, is that praise is where problems get smaller and God gets bigger. You see, when we praise God, our problems get really, really small and our God gets really, really 
big. By the way, I think we should stop telling God how big our problems are and we should start telling our problems how big our God is. Remember what Job did when pain hit his life. He fell on his face and he worshiped. This is a powerful example because if you're anything like me, when I go through difficult moments, when I go through painful things in my life, I'm I'm tempted to worship less and less. Anybody? We go through hardships, we go through trials, and we pull back from God and we worship less and less. And the reason why our problems are getting bigger is because we've made God smaller. It's not that he changed. It's that our worship changed. Our praise changed. Remember the, the verse we read earlier in Psalm 34, verse 3. It said, oh, magnify the Lord with me. I love it. How many know, how many know worship is not just individual? Yes. Right? Our worship can be contagious. It's like I need people around me on the days that I don't feel like worshiping God, that they bring me and say, come on, oh, come on, let's worship the Lord. You're struggling, you're going through a hardship, you don't feel it, you've lost hope today. Oh, come on, let's magnify the Lord together. Come on, you don't have faith today, I got faith for you. You're struggling today, come on, I'll worship God with you. Magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. In other words, when, when, when we worship, we're putting a magnifying glass on God. We're making God the focus. We're putting our attention on him. And as a result, God gets bigger in our lives. We have to stop making our pain big. Not that it's, we're not denying that it's there. We're not acting like we don't hurt. But I'm just going to make God bigger than what I'm going through. I'm going to make God bigger than how I, how many know God's bigger than my feelings? Right? Instead, we make God big. What's big in our lives? Our problems or our God? You see, praise reminds us of of who it was that gave David the courage and the strength to slay the, the giant, to slay Goliath, right? Praise reminds us of that. Praise reminds us of who it was that, that fed the 5,000 men, not to mention the women and children, with five loaves and two fish. Praise reminds us. Praise reminds us of who it was who parted the Red Sea and allowed the Israelites to walk over on dry ground when they were all out of options and their enemy was approaching. Praise reminds us of who God is. Praise reminds us and puts the focus on God. And when our focus is on God, man, praise makes him bigger and our problems get smaller. Second thing I want us to know about about praise as we're praising through our problems, number two, is praise is is where I get out of my feelings and into my faith. Praise is where I get out of my feelings. Come on, we're getting out of these things. Have you ever noticed how emotional we are? Thank you, ma'am, for really being, she's like, oh yes. Are you talking about you? Are you talking about someone else you know that you're sitting by? We, We are emotional, and fellas, I know we don't like to act like we are, but when the Buckeyes are losing, your wives have told me, we get emotional, right? We yell at the TV, we turn the TV off, we break things. It's just a different way, different way of expressing. But the truth is, all of us are emotional. We have just different ways of expressing it. And for some of us, man, our life is like an emotional roller coaster. That's why we're anchored, our faith anchors us, right? Otherwise, it's, we're like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. And one day, man, everything's good. And the next day, the whole world is falling apart, don't get me wrong. Emotions aren't bad. God gave us emotions. God gave us feelings. He, he created us in his, his very image. He has emotions. He has feelings. So emotions aren't bad. They're only bad when they go unchecked. Emotions are only bad when we give priority to them rather than our praise. We have to learn how to get out of our feelings and into our faith. How many of us know Job was emotional? He tore his robe. He shaved his head when he got the bad news. He was emotional, but his emotions didn't change his conviction of who God was. His emotions didn't override the faithfulness and the goodness of who God had been his entire life. Right? When I coaching my son's baseball team, we say, hey, we don't get too high. We don't get too low. We stay right in the middle. When we go through things in life, how many know we can make things so extreme? Like, hold up, they're not extreme. Remember God's faithfulness in the past. I know what you're going through is difficult. I know it doesn't feel right. I know you don't know what's going to happen or how it's going to go. But let me just look back at the faith. Let me just look back at God's track record. 
How many know he's, he's, he's tried and true? He's proven himself to be faithful. Let me just look back at the faithfulness. I can't find one time in my entire life where God has been unfaithful to me. He's been faithful every single time. I can find a lot of times where I was unfaithful. I can find a lot of times where I ran away from God, but I can't find one time in my entire life where he ever ran away from me. He's tried and he's true. When we praise, man, we get out of our feelings and we get into our faith. Psalm 42 verse 11 says, why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God for I will yet Praise him, my savior and my God. Notice the psalmist is reminding himself of who God is. You're my savior. I'm just gonna remember all the things you saved me from, all the things you delivered me from, where you brought me out of. I was singing a a song we used to sing back in Teen Challenge last night to my wife and she hated it, but I didn't stop. I just want you guys to know, I just still working on that. But... I can't sing it. It's, that's why she hated it. She actually loved the song, just hated the tune from which it was being sung in, right? It was off key, and, but it was just, Jesus, I'll never forget what you've done for me. Jesus, I'll never forget how you set me free. Jesus, I'll never forget how you brought me out. Jesus, I'll never forget. No, never. And here the psalmist is reminding, you're my savior. I'm just going to remember all the things you saved me from, all the things you forgave me for. How many, when we start doing that, faith starts to rise. All of a sudden, the feelings that I used to feel, man, faith starts to bubble up. Wait a minute, God forgave me, he saved me, he healed me, he delivered me. Man, faith starts to rise up in me as I just praise the name that's above every name. But he didn't stop at the savior part. He goes, you're also my Lord. And he goes, you know what? You know what that means? You don't owe me an explanation, God. You don't owe it to me. You're God and I'm not. So I don't know why I'm going through what I'm going through. I don't understand it, but you know what? I don't have to. You're God, you're Lord, you're King. You reign above it all, and I trust you with all my heart. I'm not leaning upon my own understanding in all my ways. Even in my pain, I'm acknowledging you. You're above it. Why so downcast, soul? Why so disturbed within me? I was thinking, you know, put your hope in God. You know, some of our struggles are a direct result of us listening to ourselves instead of talking to ourselves. You see, when we're listening to ourselves, it's all about how we feel. But when we're talking to ourselves, it's all about our faith. Why so disturbed, soul? Why are you downcast? Why are you discouraged? Put your hope in God. Some of us today, we need to stop listening to ourselves and all the reasons why we feel this way and all the, now I'm gonna start talking to myself. Put your hope in God. He's faithful. He won't. He won't fail. He won't fail. He's faithful. He won't fail. He's faithful. I mean, we don't worship because everything is going our way. We don't worship because everything, we're getting everything that we want. We worship the name that's above every name simply for who he is. And praise is how we get out of our feelings and into our faith. Number three, if you're taking notes today, is number three, praise stirs me when the world is trying to shake me. Come on, praise stirs my faith. Praise stirs me when the world is trying to shake me. Have you ever went through something or got a bad report and it just shook you? I'll never forget a few years ago, it might have been like five or six years ago now, but I remember sitting in the doctor's office with my mom and having the doctor come in and tell us that the mass that they had discovered was cancerous. Remember this mom? My mom's on the front row today. And we're, you know, if you've ever been in a room like that, how I many life, that was a moment where life just shook us. Like the doctor comes in, you have cancer. And you know the feelings, you know the emotions. You know, is this it? Is this, is this gonna be how it goes? What's, how bad is it? Is, what's gonna happen from here? Has anybody got a report that just shook you? Just rocked you and you're just like, man, I just, I don't know. I don't know what to do here. And it just the world is trying to shake our faith. The world's trying to shake our faith in God, to, to, to shake our faith in the church. Man, the world is trying to shake us, but God wants to stir us. God wants to stir up our faith. In other words, I was thinking about this. 
that there would be a fire on the inside of us. Like there there would be a passion and a determination that would say, no matter what happens, I'm going to trust you, God. No matter what happens, I'm going to praise you. I will. I predetermined that I will praise and bless the name of the Lord at all times. I I was reminded of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You guys remember that story in the Old Testament where they were King Nebuchadnezzar builds this giant golden statue and he wants everybody in the land to bow down and worship the statue of himself. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, no, we're not going to bow on knee to that. We only worship one God. And he comes up with the law and the decree. Well, if you don't worship, I'm going to throw you in the fiery furnace. If you read this exchange as, as they, they're taken into custody, they're getting ready to be thrown into the fiery furnace and killed for their faith. And they make the statement to King Nebuchadnezzar, say, our our God is able to deliver us, but even if he doesn't, how many know we need an even if he doesn't kind of faith? Even if he doesn't, we will not bow down and worship anyone but him. I have predetermined that I will worship the Lord at all times in every season. And he has the power to deliver me of this. He has the power to heal. He has the power to set free. But even if he does it, I'm still going to. I mean, that's a faith that needs stirred up in us. I want to stir our faith. And Peter said it like this in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 1. He said, beloved friends, this is now the second letter I have written to you which I've attempted to stir you up. How many know God's word will stir us up? I'm getting God's word, it'll stir our faith and awaken you to a proper mindset. Gives us eyes to see and ears to hear. Gives us the right perspective towards our situation. See, when we praise God, he reminds us that he's in control. When we praise God, he reminds us that he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He didn't just come on the scene. He's been God for a really, 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 really long time. He spoke the heavens and the earth into existence, right? He was the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We're reminded that he's got the whole world in his hands. Praise break, right? He's got the whole world in his hands. Are you singing? Who's singing it in their head besides me? As I still try to preach. How many know that's not just a little kid song? That's true. That's powerful. He's got the whole world. He's in control of it all. all. And even though, man, this report has shaken me to the core of who I am, he's still got the whole world in his hands. He's still above it all. He's still on the throne. It doesn't matter about the economy. He's still on the throne. He's got the whole world in his hands. Let me just remind myself. Let God stir some faith in us today that he's above it all. The more we choose to worship, the more we choose to praise, the harder it will be to shake our faith. And like we talked about, even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil because, God, you're with me. So no matter what I'm going through, no matter what might try to shake my faith, my praise stirs, stirs something up on the inside of me. I'm awakened to have the proper perspective, the proper mindset. The fourth thing I want us to see about praise today is, number four, praise opens my eyes to see God's goodness. I love this. Put, praise opens our eyes to who God is. It, it opens, opens our eyes to no matter what's going on around us, how about God's still good? There's a strength that happens when all hell is breaking loose around us, and there's something on the inside of us that just says, he's still good, and I'm still going to worship him. I'm still going to praise him. Sometimes when we go through things in life, how many know it can skew our perspective? It can. It can can muddy the waters and make it hard to see. That's why sin is so destructive. Because how many of us know sin blinds and then sin binds us? This is why making sure we're not walking around with an offended heart, because it'll put scales on our eyes. And if we're offended, especially if we're offended at God. If we're offended at God, we will start looking for evidence of God's absence in our lives instead of evidence of his presence. But when we worship God, all of a sudden, the fog starts to lift, and where we couldn't see before, praise has opened our eyes to the goodness of God in our lives. The Bible tells us that we taste and see that the Lord is Good. 
And when we don't worship, we start to lose sight. We, we don't recognize. When we don't worship, we don't recognize how, how bitter life tastes. When we don't worship, when we don't praise, we don't realize that life doesn't taste the same. It's become bitter. It's, it's become not, it's not that something's missing in my life. I, I love at the end of Job's story what he says to God. Job chapter 42, verse 5, he says this. He says, my ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. My ears had heard of you. Maybe that's some of us today. I'd heard about God, but now I've seen him. And it changed everything. You see, when we worship God, we'll see God in our everyday lives. Because worship isn't just about music. It's a lifestyle. And as we, we worship him, as we choose to praise him, all of a sudden we start to see his goodness in our lives. We start to see him at work. We start to see him at school. We start to see him in our relationships. We start to see him at church. We, all of a sudden throughout our city, we start seeing the goodness of God all around us. And when we make the decision to praise God at all times, in every season, in every situation, all of a sudden we recognize he's been there the whole time. He's, God's around us. You remember the, the old footprints in the sand? Poem, I'd like to read it to you today. No, I don't. This is an old poem back in the day, and it talked about uh, basically how God walks beside us through life. And the, and the, and the writer of this, this, this footprints poem, if you will, noticed that when they got to a part in, in, in their life, there was only one set of footprints. And they're going, God, God, he noticed those were during some of the most difficult moments of their life, the most painful moments of their life. And, and they asked God, God, why did you leave me when I needed you the most? Why, why weren't you there in the difficult moments of my life? And, and God says, well, just so you know, those aren't your footprints. Th those are my footprints. And I, I was the one carrying you through the painful moments. But here's the thing, they didn't see it. They didn't recognize it. I mean, worship reminds us and worship opens our eyes to the goodness of God. Wait a minute, in the, in the difficult moments of my life when I didn't think I could make it through, it wasn't my strength that got me through, it was your strength. And even when I didn't know it, God, you were with me the entire time. You carried me through that painful moment. I will worship at all times. I will worship the name that's above every single. And praise opens our eyes to the goodness of God. And we don't just see God, we see his goodness. We don't just see God, we see his goodness in our lives. Psalm 119 verse 18 says this, open my eyes. Remember that, that song, open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. If I could sing, guys, you, this message would be so, I would be rocking it out. It's really limiting me today. Open the eyes of my heart that I may behold the wondrous things out of your law, out of your truth, out of your word. Some of us, we need to make this our prayer today. God, open my eyes so that I can see you. Maybe like Job, our ears have heard about him. But what we need today is our eyes to be able to see him. Maybe, maybe for some of us, all we can see is pain. All we can see is problems. All we can see is difficulty. All we can see is struggles. All we can see is disappointment. God, I can't see you right now, but I want to. I mean, that's a great prayer, but I want to. So, Lord, will you remove the scales from, from my unbelief because I want to see you? I mean, whatever we're looking at, we'll see. If we're looking for negativity, we'll find it. If we're looking for doubt, if we're looking for evidence that he's not, we'll find it. But as for me and my house... We're going to look for evidence of God's presence. And as we see him, we're going to realize he's been good to us. He's been generous. He's been faithful. I'm going to lift my hands. I'm going to declare the praises of my God. And finally today, the fifth thing I want us to understand about praise, especially when it comes to praising through our problems and our pain, is number five, praise is the gift I bring. See, we understand that God gave us his, his greatest gift. He gave us the gift of his one and only son, Jesus, who loved us, right, and gave himself for us. 
the Savior of the world who died on a cross to make a way for us to encounter his presence, to be forgiven of all those things that we've done wrong. He, he made a way. How many know that's the greatest gift he could ever give to us? But then God didn't stop there. Then he gave us the precious gift of the Holy Spirit to walk with us, to lead us and guide us into all truth, to convict us of sin, to show us the, the right way to live. And God, God gave us so much. And so since God has been so good to us, what can we give? What, what can we offer up? What can we bring in exchange for all that God has done for us? I would suggest to us today that we would bring our praise. God, I'll give you all my worship. Don't answer that. It's not time. Bring it up here. I want to talk to him. <laughs> Why aren't you worshiping? That's what I'm going to ask him. Why aren't you praising? Teasing. Justine's giving me a look like, you can't do that. I'm just teasing. Thank God there's forgiveness for him. What am I going to give to, to him after all that he's, he's done for me? He's going to give you all my worship. He's going to give you all my praise. It's you alone, right? The song goes, you alone. I long to worship. It's you alone, God. Hebrews chapter 13, as we close verses 15 through 16. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. It's a sacrifice of praise. A sacrifice of praise is, is worshiping God even when we don't feel like it, even when there's difficulty around us, even when there's problems, even when we're discouraged. A sacrifice of praise. I'm, I'm, everything seems to be going wrong, but I'm still gonna worship you. I will. Bless the Lord at all times. The fruit of lips that openly profess his name. You're above it all, God. I exalt you. And do not forget to do good and to share with others. For with such sacrifice, God is pleased. I can only imagine what Job went through. But what's interesting is that when so many people were reminding him of what he had lost, what had been taken from him, they even encouraged him to, to, to curse God. But Job determined that instead of speaking against God and letting ne negativity be on his lips, he just determined, I will praise. What if we would bring a sacrifice of praise today? What can we give God today? I would just suggest that, hey, here's my heart, God, what you've always wanted. And I will give you all my worship, I will give you all my praise because I realize worship is more than a song. It's a lifestyle. It's not about music, it's about our, our heart. I'm just gonna determine now today, before I even go through anything, I will worship the name that's above every name. Would you pray with me? Father, we love you. God, we thank you. We thank you for this, this example. We thank you for Job and his heart for worship. God, we thank you for the truth of your word. We thank you for the fact that you sent your one and only son, Jesus, to pay the price for our sin on the cross. We thank you for the Holy Spirit that fills us, and strengthens us, convicts us and leads us and guides us. God, we thank you for your faithfulness in our lives. God, we just recognize you're faithful. You're faithful. As you've been tried and true, your track record is flawless. We worship you, God, not just with our lips. We worship you with our lives. As we're praying together today, maybe, maybe you could really relate to, to Job's statement. My eyes have seen you in the sense of I've heard about you, but now I want my eyes to see you. Maybe, maybe you're in this place. Or maybe you're watching online right now. And you would say the same thing. I've, I've heard about him, but I want to see him. I want to know him. I want to have a relationship with him. That's why Jesus came. So that we could have a relationship with God, to know him. 
and to experience a life that only he can give to us. And if you need to make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, like the psalmist talked about, would you just lift your hand to heaven right where you're at and say, here I am. I need to, here's my heart, God. Here's my life. If you're watching online right now, that God would meet you in that place. Here's my heart, God. Right where you're at, would you just pray this prayer with me? Say, God, thank you for your love. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to pay the price for my sin on the cross. Here's my life. Here's my heart. God, forgive me of my sin. Fill me with your spirit. God, show me how to live. I want to see you, God. In every aspect of my life, I want to know you. Have your way. In Jesus' name. As we continue praying together today, maybe some of us are just going through a difficult moment today. Maybe there's some pain. Maybe there's some struggles. And God just spoke to you that that we would have an I will heart. Even if he does, I will choose, I will bless the name of the Lord at all times. If you just need to make that that determination today, I will. If God put that on your heart, would you just lift your hand as a sign of surrender, as a sign of worship? I will. I'm just, I will praise the Lord at all times. I will. I'm going to praise you, God, in the good times I'm going to praise you, God. And the difficulties, I'm going to praise you. I'm lifting my hand as a sign that right now today, I'm determined. I'm predetermining, God. Maybe everything's going right in my life, but I will, God. Even when I go, even when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you're with me today in this place. I will praise the Lord at all times. Father, I pray that you would impart something to us today as we just determine and make the decision, we will praise you, God. No matter what, good, bad, and ugly, we're praising you, God. We're not going to lean upon our own understanding, but we're going to trust you in every season, in every situation. We're going to acknowledge you, that you're above it all. you got the whole world in your hands, God, and we trust you today. And as we just trust you, we just determine we will praise you, God. You will make our paths straight. And so we worship you in this place. We honor the name that's above every single name. Thank you, God, for a love that never fails and a life that's so full. We honor you. We love you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Come on, let's give God some praise because he's worthy. Come on, the name that's above every single name. Shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like an eagle and soar. They shall walk and not get weary. They shall run and uh, that's what happens when you wait. That's what happens when you wait. They that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like an eagle and soar. They shall walk and not get weary. They shall run. And I faith that's what happens when you wait. That's what happens when you wait. Oh, they that wait, they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like an eagle and soar. They shall walk and not get weary. They shall run and I faith that's what happens. What happens when you wait on oh, they that wait? They that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like an eagle and soar. They shall walk, not get weary. They shall run and not 
for joining us. We here at Experience Church love you and are praying for you. Until next time, remember that Jesus is our hope.